This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is July 31st, 2020, knee-deep in the hoopla. Here we are tonight to talk about SmackDown on Fox. What a night tonight, Justin. What a night tonight. It was like we were watching a WWE all-women show for the last 45 minutes, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, I thought the ending, what what a segment to go home on and get the people talking. We thought we knew where it was going. We thought we knew what was going to happen. And, uh, oh, that was creepy. That was creepy. It was weird. It was all kinds of uncomfortable. The Fiend attacking Alexa Bliss at the end of the show. Well, it had so many emotions. Like you said, it makes you feel uncomfortable, but you're intrigued. We're definitely surprised and caught off guard. I mean, and that's what you want out of that, that, that That's the name. That's the origin of all this, right, is to make you feel that. And I got to say, this is one of the better episodes of SmackDown in a while. And SmackDown hasn't been bad as of late. No. You know, for most weeks, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's very watchable. I mean, some... Some weeks have more uh, headlines to take away from it than others, but it, it's never really bad. I, I'm watching every single. First off, there was not a bad match on the show. No, I'm, not I'm, I'm watching each match, and then even most of the segments were made sense. You know, there wasn't a lot of stuff that I was eye rolling at. I mean, so it got to about uh, we were probably you know uh, 90 minutes into the show. So yeah, we have the half hour left, which is going to be the main event match of Bailey and Nikki Cross. And I said to myself, I was like, you know, th- this is. You know, like this is just this has just been a solid show. You know, eh, it's probably going to end pretty predictable, but uh, still a pretty solid show. Like I would definitely recommend this. And then you know, we get a solid main event match. You know, we get something with Nikki and Alexa, which, which I think is what everybody thought was going to happen. And then we get the the swerve of that with the Fiend, and I and I I was just like, it, it's it's stunning to me. It's absolutely stunning that Raw and SmackDown are done in the same location. By this, by the same owner, by the same then person who's running creative overall, running the show. It, like it, it's stunning to me that they are, yeah, night and day different. Because I think Vince doesn't pay that much attention to SmackDown. Maybe it, it, you know, like it's crazy. Like I know Matt's talked about this, and Matt obviously having been you know a SmackDown superstar once upon a time. You know, even dating back to as long as 15, 20 years ago when they first you know had the two the two brands, SmackDown was always like you know it was the B show, but it was always like the better worker show. But then Raw would be the you know the more entertainment flair the more you know you're more of your reality tv more of your shock so to speak you know so you could say all right well you know maybe raw doesn't have the best work rate but you know you're gonna get bigger angles bigger you know bigger non um, wrestling match stuff now raw can't even claim that i can't think of anything that raw does better than smackdown smackdown does everything better than raw and then and again it's kind of stunning because it's not like we have Heyman on one side bruce on another side like it's it's 
for, for as we know it, Bruce is overseeing the day to day of both, and then you, you're answering to the same final God in Vince. But I'm telling you, it's Vince. It's Vince not being there. Like Justin, you've worked an office job in your life. Do you ever have a boss that didn't come in on Fridays? And you found like <laughs> it, was, it was like a Michael Scott thing. It was like when the boss wasn't there, we're more productive. We're doing better work. We're having a better time. It's peaceful. It's harmonious. We're running at 100%. The boss is just bringing us down most of the time. Well, I, I don't know for I, I don't know for a fact. I'd have to do some digging. I don't know for a fact if, if Vince is as, you know, the, once upon a time, Vince was very hands-on to the point where Vince, you know, a lot of times didn't go to SmackDown. This was obviously pre-pandemic when they were traveling. Um, you know, but since Fox, you know, since Fox came into the place here with SmackDown last October, I don't think, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, let's remember, you know, he, you know, Brock Lesnar was on SmackDown, you know, I mean, like, you know, like, the, I, I think and it wasn't Vince, good for a while. I don't know what, I mean, certainly SmackDown has the advantage of only being two hours. I mean, that third yeah. hour, I constantly will harp that third hour. It doesn't matter if you have the biggest star stud roster, three hours every week is just hard to do with three hours with commercials every week is hard to do. Uh, but man, this, this, I mean, I, I'm excited to talk about this SmackDown again, for those who miss some of it or are just checking us out. Thank you. And if you want a recommendation, watch the smackdown it sucks you're not going to be as surprised by the endings we're going to talk about it and dissect it but it's still an ending worth watching because uh there's a lot to wrap your head around of what they might be doing here justin lopez five dollar super chat saying the smackdown flew by i looked up and it was 10 p.m before i knew it absolutely antoine fair five dollars saying i take credit for breaking that heel heat from my fiend gets cheered comment someone saw it and he's taking credit he knows him, but he's doing it, any or he knows, but he's doing it anyway. And uh, Matt Morgan, not here tonight, Antoine. So you won't be shamed for your super chats or giving Raj Geary money. Also, Raj Geary busy tonight. So it's just me and Justin. Who are getting neither, neither are getting the super chat money. No, no super chat money. Just here to collect a check and, uh, well, PayPal payment because, you know, it's the year 2020. When's the last time you wrote a check to somebody, Justin Labar? Like actually wrote out a physical check. Today. My, Did my... You, my, Did you fax him over a confirmation <laughs> while you were at it? No, I wrote the check, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on. I had to walk to the post office. Uh, one of the, there's, there's a, one of the post office uh, mailing bins right outside a liquor store at a shopping center down the street. Uh, it's for my uh, the, the 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 lawn the lawn the landscaping the lawn care people that 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 help me maintain uh, the property every week. Um, they it's funny they actually are based. In, I mean they're they're. The, the, the guy's LLC, the guy's actual house is like less than 10 minutes from me, but I still have to mail him a check. He has no online portal, no way to wow. otherwise pay him. So I wrote him an old fashioned check, put it in the post office for that to be mailed two miles down the road. It's amazing. We're living in the future. You that's the only, in the past. That's the only reason I still have checks is just because I got to pay. I got to, I got to pay this guy. I mean, he does a good job. I don't even know where my checkbook is. Uh, Antoine Fair, $5, saying, in all seriousness, uh, on a call, Vincent Triple H was already helping and creative. I'm pretty sure we know where he's helping. Um, you can make the argument looking at tonight. Yeah, yeah I, and I saw Vince said that. I don't know. I mean, it is true. Triple H does. You know, he, he He's not, like, locked out from creative with Raw and SmackDown. But I, I, I think Vince... I think I think Vince said that to to kind of be like to kind of quit back at the person who was um who who had some questions for Vince that weren't that that if you could hear Vince's voice he wasn't real thrilled to answer these questions. Um, I, I don't know I you know I don't know if you can give credit to some of these things as much to Triple H. I don't know if he's gotten that knee deep into it. Uh, he's obviously he's he's uh, nose he's he's neck deep in NXT, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, there's so much to talk about tonight on SmackDown. How well do you think? Uh, Bray wash that glove before putting it in Alexa Bliss's mouth. Uh, ho ho hope, hopefully, uh, hopefully got all the swamp, <laughs> swamp water off of it from when they filmed that. 
Would you rather have the mandible claw applied with that glove in your mouth, or would you rather have Matt Riddle kick you with his bare feet right in your face? Like, I'm not talking about the pain or impact, but just the idea, the un, the lack of hygiene, just the germs. <laughs> Which would you rather endure? Or uh, perhaps a stink face from uh, Rikishi. Like, if you had to pick, like, well, I think the stink face is the worst, but between the feet and the, the unwashed glove, I don't know which one. I don't know which one's creepier. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of a stink face. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about another dude's foot in my face. Granted, I mean, he's wearing the he's wearing sandals for the rest of the day. He just took those sandals off just moments before he's doing it to you. Um, I don't know. That's, that was not the question I was expecting to be asked. I just these are the things I think about. Leonza Duncan, two dollars, two weeks in a row. SmackDown hits a home run. The Rippers and Glenn fears athletes' feet, and I fear athletes' foot. So right there, both. That, yeah. That's, you know, hey, th- <laughs> speaking of hygiene, let's give a quick shout out because Justin's wearing the shirt. Let's give him a little bonus love tonight to Manscaped. That promo code INC, save 20% plus get free shipping. Hey, uh, guys, it's summer. And if you're going to be uh, putting your fingers or hand, uh, applying that mandible claw in anyone's mouth or laying hands on someone Braun Strowman style, uh, you got to groom. You got to groom. You got to trim those fingernails. You got to file it down to make sure it's not sharp there. And uh, by all means, wash your hands. You know, we're living in a time where more than ever, you should be washing your hands 20 or 30 times a day, but it's also important to keep those nails cleaned. That's why Manscaped has introduced the Shears 2.0, this lovely nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their lawnmower 3.0 or perfect package. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes slash tip tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. So uh, whether it's your toes, whether it's your fingernails, it's going to keep you on point and in shape. And most importantly, Manscaped has also got you covered below the belt where it counts or just, you know, with unsightly hair all over. You can see this. This is like four weeks grown back here. The last time I uh, took my lawnmower 3.0, my water resistant cordless body trimmer uh, with the ceramic blade, uh, no cuts, no nicks. Perfect, perfect uh, skin safe technology will help you above the belt, below the belt and everything. Plus inside, uh, they also have that perfect package 3.0. Now the kit, which comes with this lawnmower 3.0 and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer. You need it for your chest, your balls, whatever, your head, because we all need haircuts and uh, lack of options right now. Again, that skin safe technology, reduce the manscaping accidents. You'll also find in the perfect package, the Manscaped Crop Preserver. That's the anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because, you know, chafing, we don't talk enough about chafing in society and wrestling. God, could you imagine? But even sitting around, you just you don't want to mess with that. You also find the Crop Reviver Testy Toner that's designed to give you that little pep in your step. When you subscribe to that perfect package, you'll get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And right now, for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. That's right, two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value add, and the high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, the Boxer Brief of Kings. And you'll get that when you subscribe to the perfect package. And for a limited time, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code INC at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor. Always use the right tools for the job. Take care of yourself. Whether you're applying mandible claws or not, have some pride in yourself. You're an adult. It's the year 2020. It's summer. What else you got going on? Get your grooming on point at manscaped.com. Save 20% off and get free shipping with that code INC. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code INC. Summer's here, and it's time to manscape. Justin, the shirt. The shirt even is super comfortable. The shirt's comfortable. Your balls will thank you is the slogan. Shirt's comfortable. Actually, and you know, when we, we we praised about it Wednesday, my my uh, my wife was was folding laundry earlier today, and she and she was folding the 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 manscape 
the b- boxers and she's like you need to get more pairs of these this is like the most comfortable feeling fabric i said i know it's, it's, it's wonderful absolutely uh so let's talk about smackdown tonight smackdown starting off i love when they do these round robin promo vignettes backstage everybody talking about tonight this is what you're going to see this is where my head's at this is where i'm coming in on this in fact i would say until they got to grand metalik i was like this is all a plus and then it was like is that who the hell oh this grand metalik okay now i understand and then i was like well he's not winning this match like this, this is where this is where it's a little bit of a dud like i believed everybody else not so much uh the gm there uh, yeah i like this open um it, it's a nice change from you know for years wwe's other uh and not just wwe i mean every every uh, wrestling company on tv in america does the same thing they'd open up with a more traditional soap opera kind of recap package of what's happened this is nice this is nice just to hear go you know boom 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 you know reminds me it reminds me of like the old-fashioned royal rumble promo so you'd see yeah. 10 of the guys real quick um rattling off you know a quick promo why they're gonna win i like yeah i like it um and even even grand metal league as we get in here to the first match that, that, that was the unfortunate thing i'm a i'm a big fan as as i've said it on here and i know matt's not not as big of a fan i'm a big fan of lucha house party of Grand Metal League and Lince Dorado. So when I when I find when I hear Grand Metal League versus AJ Styles, I'm like, all right, I ha- you have my attention because this could be a great match and it, and it's and it's different. It's not this is not a uh, a pairing we've seen before in WWE. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah but yeah, it's like all right, Grand Metal League's not going to win this. He, he's not, you know, like had Grand Metal League been kind of featured very regularly for weeks and got a few and kept building up some wins, it might have gone well. Okay, this has my attention, but. Uh, of, of the outcome, but I knew what the outcome was going to be here. Still a fun match, but you know, yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like Cody with these TNT Open Challenges, TNT Title Open Challenges. It's like you know, I know Warhorse is not coming in to beat Cody. I know you know whatever. Like so, that's kind of what this was. I just so I just tried to enjoy it while I could, but I you know I, I had no no I was not on any any on any edge of my seat for any false finish. Well, you know, uh, the uh, Washington Generals did beat the Harlem Globetrotters like twice to Washington Generals, like twice in their entire 40-year rivalry. So anything's possible, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. Uh, and I like this Firefly Funhouse. I like that they ended mm-hmm. it on that. Uh, definitely teased that Bray was going to do something. I Like I said, I didn't see this coming. I really was very impressed with how they bookended this. Tim talking about Braun being away, uh, but him wanting that title. This was good, and then went right into it with the WWE Intercontinental title match, Grand Metalik versus AJ Styles. So I hate that they did this on commentary. What a story this would be if Grand Metalik won the title tonight from AJ Styles. Can you imagine the scenario for Grand Metalik and how good it would feel? Like, the more they hype it up as this imaginary fairy tale thing, you just there's no suspension of disbelief. Uh, well, yeah, but you have to, because what, what are you left to say otherwise? Otherwise, it's just... Grand Metalik, an unusual competitor to, <laughs> to, to earn a match with AJ Styles. You know, I mean, you, I mean, oh, that's all you can do. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it, it, it like I said, it, it this was, this was, this was a, the first uh, of a two hours of good matches. But yeah, this was like the out of all the matches, this is the one outcome. I was like, all right, there's no, you know, there's gonna be no, there's, there's no, there's no surprise here, you know. Yeah, in fact, I would actually say this was, and this was a good match, but just from a momentum point of view, I thought that um, coming off the the fast-paced intro, like, uh, it was um, a little bit of slowing the momentum down. This felt like a main event at the beginning. Uh, okay. you know, well, that's, I mean, that's, match. 
Well, and that's why they, you know, it was smart that they did they did the fast re- round robin things as you mentioned, but then and they went into the Firefly Funhouse because then they had a commercial in the middle of AJ's entrance. Like it, they needed to give us something of substance besides just teasers from all the other characters. So I'm glad that they the Firefly Funhouse was that well, at least gave us some meat in that opening segment before going to a break. Yeah, and uh, this was a really good match. I mean, obviously AJ Styles won, mm-hmm. but Grand Metalik, um I mean, I hope this isn't it, right? Like, this is a guy that doesn't really get singles matches, certainly doesn't get wins. Um, so I think that he looked good tonight, but do you think this was a one-off, or do you think they have plans for him beyond this? I don't know. I mean, I think they might have plans in general just for he and Lindsay just to be focused, uh, feature a little bit more. We, we we see them later in the show, which we'll get to. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, look, the, 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 right now it's a – it's 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 all about attrition right i mean if, if you're if you're a wb talent who can stay healthy and i'm not talking about nor- traditional ligament injuries i'm talking about also can you can you stay healthy f- free from from testing positive uh, if, if you're one of the ones that shows up in a in a thin locker room <laughs> I mean, they don't have a choice right i mean so he's wearing and they wear masks so they're already ahead of the game the lucha house party true well and after aj styles uh taking shots and attacking lindsay dorado so I'm assuming maybe he's going to face Lince in a one-on-one match and then maybe a two-on-one handicap match with uh, Lucha House Party versus AJ. I'm a big Lince fan, so I'm all for having him get a, get a singles match. Love this backstage. Baron Corbin giving Shorty G life advice. Um, this was kind of different for Baron Corbin, and I thought this was fantastic. Him telling him, <laughs> you know, like, hey, this is what you need to do to get opportunities. Uh, I've always been pushing you. Um yeah, I think this is a really good pairing, and uh, this could work out really, really well. Yeah, this was this was good. It was kind of like it was kind of funny. Corbin just kind of playing it off like he's always been cool with with Gable, and uh, yeah, I, I thought this was one of the better. Uh, this was a really good interaction here. Justin Lopez five dollars saying Corbin calling him Chad gives me hope that they're slowly phasing out that Shorty G gimmick. So, because uh, Shorty G and the King sounds like a hip hop retelling of uh, the King and I. Yes, it does. And it's just uh, maybe something on the Disney Channel, maybe something from the team that brought you a kid in King Arthur's Court or the sequel that I didn't know existed until tonight when I was looking up a kid in King Arthur's Court and seeing, oh, the Rookie of the Year kid did do something else. There was a sequel. Yeah, like uh, the the kid in Aladdin's Palace or something like that. It was like 1998. He he must have done this right before American Pie. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Saw King and King Arthur's Court in theaters. I didn't pay for it. But I did see that in a movie theater. I had it on VHS. Yes. Wasn't like Daniel Craig in that? Like he, Kira he, Knightley? Yeah, yes. But Daniel Craig definitely was in it. He was the... Uh... Very interesting. Uh, Jewel Slinger 499 just wants to know, Justin, you've been MIA and busted open the past two weeks. Your segment's awesome and adds to the overall show. Uh, thank you. I was there today. Um, I was there today. I was gone... <laughs> I was going last week because I was on vacation. So I, I was, and I was literally, I was on vacation. I wasn't doing anything with Wrestling Inc. And I was in a beach house that had no internet. So, like, I just, you know, I wasn't going to, um, so I was off last week, but no, I was there this morning. Um, had my segment with Dave and Mark. Uh, Joel Singer, maybe, I don't know if you're listening live or if you're listening, if you're listening live or listening on the app, you should have heard it because I read the full shows there. If you're, if you're going just to the podcast, I had been in a lot of the podcasts that they edit down to an hour. Maybe wow. I haven't checked it. Maybe they didn't put me in today's podcast. I haven't checked. So if you're going to buy podcasts, uh, you need to catch the, the, the show on the app or live. So uh beach house, no internet a week. Do, do anything for, do you learn to sail? Gento regatta? Like uh, what was this vacation like? Uh, it's a beach house in Bethany Beach, uh, Delaware. My my family owns, and so it's you know, fortunate to have it. And it just it's one of those you know, no internet. There's a 
you know, has you know, had the pool, um, order a lot of good food for, for takeout and delivery. Uh, you know, went to the, went to the, twice went to the beach to, you know, when it wasn't as packed, you know, can do some boogie boarding, can do some body surfing with the, the five-year-old. Nice. Sounds like a good time. Uh, I've been staying in my condo with the wife and five cats. Five we, cats. Uh, yes. We uh, watched a lot of heist and con artist movies last weekend, including uh, David Mamet's House of Games. And then things change with uh, Don Amici and Joe Montaigne, which I never saw in the late 80s. That was a delightful film. I'm really, really glad I finally watched that. Five cats. I wouldn't be able to stay with you. I'm not, I, I can't do cats. Oh, love the cats. Uh, Zach Eisendrath. 999 super chat first off zach you need to become an indie wrestler just so uh and you keep your real name just so you can uh have a catchphrase it's like you're gonna feel the wrath of eisendrath like right there it writes itself it's perfect that'd get over in bingo halls everywhere <laughs> uh zach saying glenn it's finally my buddy nick's wedding tomorrow Ooh, rebel taking his, his life and his future in his hands getting married now out of all times in american and world history now is the time that's commitment be like baby i just can't wait you know uh pandemic ain't doing nothing to slow down my love he's not going to meet anybody else right now that's true it's true as well i mean maybe at a certain point it's kind of like hey you know there's other ah, nah, maybe it's a better idea to get married right now we know how long this is going to go on uh zach saying his fan is a huge or his uh friend is a huge fan of the show any last minute advice for the groom and when should he take the blue chew uh well the advice again uh he should repeat the words, uh, baby, a pandemic can't slow down my love for you. Like we must make this commitment now. Um, I think he takes the blue chew right before he takes the vows. And after says, I do. Then it's like, okay, excuse us. We got to go. Uh, they'll just assume you're taking photos or doing other wedding business, but you know, consummate that quickly, especially, uh, if you're afraid that she might wise up and try and annul the marriage before she realizes that, you know, uh, she's too good for you. All right. Well, let's say he's not going to sneak away and do that. If they're at the reception, when does he take it? Does he do it before the toast, after the toast, after dinner, after the first dance? Like, well, I mean, what, I mean, what, you know, I mean, blue chew acts pretty fast. I mean, we're talking like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. So don't, don't think like, Oh, I'm going to take this down and I'll be super ready later. I mean, I, you know, I don't know the situation. I don't know what a wedding's like right now in these, in, in a pandemic. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, if, if, if they're getting married and then they have like a limo ride between there and wherever the reception might be. And if the limo ride is just the bride and groom, then yeah, I guess you could do what you said. So you can get it in the, in the limo, put the partition up. But I mean, if he's got Eisendrath and the rest of the and the rest of the party that's there, I mean, that's not going to work in the limo. So I don't know. It's tough. I was really weird about getting married. Like I always thought, and I think maybe it's one of those things. Like my parents got divorced when I was ten, and I had commitment issues as a younger man. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to get married. Like, you know, I, I used to follow that Gene Simmons playbook a lot where it was like, well, you can be with someone, but you got to worry about prenups and this But marriage. That's like a big deal. And then I finally got married. Uh, and uh, well, one, I had the realization. I said, if I'm going to be with this, this woman forever and I want to do it eventually, there will be no perfect time. So let's do it now. And I swear to God, after we got married, I was like, why did I wait so long to do this? Like the tax advantage, the healthcare <laughs> advantage, like there are all like the, the fact that we there, there's a huge tax advantage to getting married. Uh, the the wedding <laughs> gifts we were able to have like and that was the thing too. We were we were broke when we got uh, married, but we were able to have a very nice honeymoon thanks to the generosity of our friends and family. We're like I'm just saying, like oh, we went to Disney World, but um, and this marriage thing has worked out great for me, and I feel like an idiot for not being more excited about it. <laughs> that comment of the tax, the first thing out of your mouth is the tax. That reminds me of um, 
That reminds me of the Breakfast Club when they're when they're all like sitting on the couch, they're dumping their wallets and purses out, and 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 uh, the one guy asks Brian, the nerdy kid, he's like, "Why do you have a fake ID?" And he goes, "I can so vote." I can vote. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you just reminded me of right there. Yeah, that's how I'm living my life. Uh, Blake Palziani saying, "Going got married and had five cats." That's right. That's that's nesting is what they call it. I got attacked by a cat, a cat when I was young. <laughs> I was like seven or eight years old. It was a cat I hated. I was at my grandmother's house, and uh, and ever since that point, I just you know the hissing and like this just the the, the concept that they they wait they wag their tails when they're not happy. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. How do you get attacked? I've never. And I, I like some of our well, one of this our cats. Cat, this cat of, was nuts, and it wasn't just me. This cat was nuts. And we've got a crazy cat. Like, but then like two out of our five cats. Like, I will put my face up against theirs. Like, I trust them a hundred percent. But then with the others, I kind of watch my one of our cats, uh, Simon, punched me in the face when I went to give him a little like headbutt. Like he just like swatted me in the face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my other cats are pretty cool, but I get it, man. You know, with dogs and I like dogs, too. I just think, you know what it was? I went two decades without having a pet. And I think it's because as a child, we always had indoor outdoor cats. And that is just like waiting for heartache because eventually they get hit by a car or something happens. And then we, uh, you know, had dogs that were close to our family and we lost them. So I took a long break from having animals in our house. And uh, yeah, it took, it took a lot for me to kind of come back to that, you know, three years ago and put myself emotionally to invest in that again. It is an emotional uh, agreement. Yes, but like uh, Alexa Bliss, I very much want a pet pig. But we're not zoned for that. We can't have livestock in our condo. Uh, Brian Barry, Buck 99, saying, so is Alexa co- come back as Sister Abigail? Well, that's what's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to blow our whole waddle on that savings. We're going to get to it, but I don't want to disregard Brian's $1.99. That, there, there's like a couple things at play, Brian. There, play here, Brian. There's, there's, there's that. We've always waited for a an incarnation of sister Abigail beyond the puppet that's in the firefly Funhouse, And then, but then there's also the fact that they, obviously they use Alexa in the, in the, in the, in the swamp match. And, and the fact that they, they always play, they always play back to the fact that her and Braun are and both in real life and have on screen have always been linked as, 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 as friends, as, as close, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm, you know, they never, they never went as far as doing the Otis Mandy dating thing with Braun and, and Alexa. Um, but but they but it's just it's it's funny that the crowd has just accepted that they are just they are a linked duo yeah. without without being romantic so to speak. So there, like there's so many things here. You know, like maybe he's maybe he's brainwashing her to to get to to get to Braun to resurface because it says we don't know where Braun's at. He's after he's been in the swamp. I, there's so many things at play here mentally. Oh, absolutely. It was great. Um, and we'll talk about that. Steve Marcucci, Buck ninety nine, saying Cole a better fit for Raw or SmackDown. Um, I seen Corey Graves tonight. I miss Corey Graves. I, I get with Samoa Joe now on Raw. Like Graves would like. There's not as much of a role for him. You, but, think, uh, is he talking about Adam Cole or is he talking about Michael Cole? Oh, Cole. I thought he was talking about Michael Cole. Why did I think he was talking about Michael Cole for a second? Be specific. It's weird. There's two guys with the same last name in WWE. Uh, Adam Cole, a better yeah, fit Adam for Cole. Raw or SmackDown. <laughs> I mean, Michael Cole can do anything. He's he's phenomenal at what he does, which is a hard job. True. Um, well, that's I true. I guess Adam Cole has to be on Raw. If Michael Cole is on SmackDown, or else it's going to be very confusing. <laughs> um, well, I think it depends with Adam Cole if, if he's a heel or face. If he's a heel, uh, he could thrive at Raw because there's a real lack of good heels on Raw. There's plenty of heels on SmackDown. 
Um, so I guess it just depends on on you know that you know I guess it depends on on that. That that really is what I think it comes down to is is whatever he's done with NXT is, is he heel or face for Raw or SmackDown, and that will kind of decide where he goes and fits best. The chat room has many thoughts about marriage, and whether oh. it's a business relationship or not. So people saying I'm not lying about the tax breaks, man. And you know, speaking of uh, chatting with the audience, Justin and I were talking about this off the air. Mm. We gotta we gotta do something. We're gonna start doing maybe some. Uh, some bonus shows, something. Maybe we won't broadcast it. Maybe we'll do like a hangout with uh, some members of the chat room and we'll release like edited versions of those. Or maybe we'll just sort of do these and, you know, have a chance to sort of hang out and uh, talk more, talk wrestling, talk other stuff with uh, the people. But have, you, but have you guys on video. On yeah, the- have you guys like on camera, like participating. And I think uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Joshua Taylor, 499. And we'll have more details on that uh, the next week or so. Uh, Joshua Taylor, 499, says, do you think WWE will actually allow a solid push for Chad Gable? I think he's going to be Corbin's sidekick, but I think that that's good for now, given how much they believe in Corbin and Gable can navigate that into a launch pad for something down the line, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think hopefully with him being a heel, him taking a heel turn, at least he's going to you know go after this King's Ransom. I, I hope that they let him go and be Chad Gable, not Shorty J anymore. Somebody tweeted me this tonight. It was a really good idea. It was kind of like the idea of him, uh, of Chad Gable, if he does stick with this. Well, I mean, he doesn't need to have the name Shorty G, but no matter what he's called, maybe the heel version of him is like kind of touting how I think the thing the person that tweeted me used the word heroic, which I thought was a good term. How heroic he is for being so small, but having to face such bigger people. And... Wait, like like the movie Rudy? Like he's just so so small, but he tries so big. Yeah, essentially, yes. <laughs> Love that movie. How many times have you seen that? Isn't that guy from your your neck of the woods? No, he, well, he goes to Notre Dame, which is in Indiana, right? Yeah, but I thought he grew up in uh, Pittsburgh. I've only seen. I've, honestly, I've only seen the movie two or three times. I, it's not. Really? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's okay, but it's not. I think it gets a little. I know because it's based on a true story. I think it gets a little overhyped, honestly. Huh? Interesting. Actually, a Joliet, Illinois. For some reason, I thought it was Pennsylvania. <laughs> ah, it's all the Rust Belt's all the same to me. I mean, there's a lot of football history here. I mean, Joe Montana's yeah. here from Pittsburgh, uh, played football here. Dan Marino's from played football here in Pittsburgh. I mean, there's a lot of football. You know, uh, Lavar Arrington. Uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, Brian Berry wanting to know, will Michael Cole challenge Walter? No, uh, will Adam Cole challenge, uh, Walter? Um, I don't know what the deal is with Walter because Walter, he's over, he's overseas. So I don't, that's, I don't, uh, I, I like, he's kind of an, as long as we're in the holding pattern, we are in the world. I, you know, I think he, he, the only time that WWE's going to be able to utilize him is with their NXT UK brand, which I know they're trying to get up and running here sooner than later hmm. or back up and running, I should say. Interesting. So we saw a recap of the bar fight tonight. Uh, then Jeff Hardy came out, talked about how good he was feeling, and he was interrupted by Baron Corbin. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I, I guess at least it looks like they're moving away from Je- Jeff and Sheamus. I mean, like Sheamus even cut a promo also saying, like, you know, no longer Jeff's no longer his problem. Um yeah, a lot of intersecting things here. You know, you got you know, Corbin interrupting him, but then Corbin's also got ransom out over on on a bounty on Matt Riddle's Matt head. Riddle and, and the, then, the match then, with Gulak. This was where it was like there's a lot to untangle here. The, the, there was, and credit to Michael Cole in yeah. commentary is so we get you know it goes into 
Gulak and Corbin having a match. And it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a good reminder of, hey, Gulak, uh, you know, he's the guy who trained Matt Riddle in pro wrestling when Matt was making the yeah. transition from MMA, from MMA to pro wrestling. So, like, that was good. It was like, okay, good. now, now this makes sense here. Now, you know, and 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 that was, um, you know, I thought just a, a good key point that they kind of kept trying to drive home. Yeah, that so. makes sense. And then Riddle coming out, uh, rushing the ring, but then uh, Gable dropping Riddle. Yeah, and another good again commentary note here: Matt Riddle, who's the babyface. Matt Riddle slides in the ring and just starts. Uh, you know, uh, it, just as Corbin wins, Matt Riddle slides in and starts ground and pounding on Corbin. Now this, and now Matt Riddle had not been provoked in that moment, um, and so that's kind of a, that's not a, that's not a traditional babyface thing to do. But commentary, good on commentary to say Matt Riddle he got blindsided a few weeks ago by Corbin. He's getting revenge now, and Corbin's got this bounty out. So again, it just brought, brought a little context to like what's going on and and why it's happening and why it does make sense. And then yeah, and then Gable, uh, I like this. I'm okay with it. Better than yeah. him being squeaky clean babyface. This was good, and I actually liked. Um, I liked Riddle mixing it up without being too much of the focus. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know that he yeah. seemed Riddle seemed like a member of the roster tonight for the first time. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe you want guys that are larger than the roster if they're going to be true superstars. But he felt more integrated tonight than. And maybe that's a different tactic because remember when Bobby Roode showed up, when Nakamura showed up, these guys did not feel like a part of the roster. That's a good point. No, for it a is. long time. Yeah, I mean Matt Riddle. Um, he, you know, he again, he's another part of what makes SmackDown feel big. It feels like you know, there's just such. There's a lot of interesting things on SmackDown and people. If, if Fiend, Braun, Riddle, AJ, you know, Drew Gulak is a hell of a talent. There's just so much that's interesting. I, and again, and Raw has talent. And I'm not saying Raw is the is, is the shit side of the roster because it's not. It's just. SmackDown is just is just so it just it's just so much better packaging and presentation of these characters. I think Seth Rollins is bringing down Raw right now in in a way that, and I, I would like to apologize for anything bad we ever said about Roman Reigns or feeling like he was overshadowing or dominating the programming because I feel like Seth right now is just so forced and such a drain on Monday nights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it that's why I said earlier about Adam Cole. Like, you know, if Adam Cole's a heel and he goes to Raw, he has a real chance. Uh, if they let him be, you know, if they book him uh, with full potential, he has a real chance to be, you know, top top heel in, in Raw on Monday. I mean, can we just have like Seth Rollins backstage and maybe like a coconut drops on his head and he loses his memory and they're like, oh, you're in the Messiah. He's like, I have no clue what you're talking about, and they <laughs> never reference it again. Yeah, it's been a wild twelve months for Seth. You know, he. The, the, the you know the babyface thing or naturally just fans just turned against him and then so they just went ahead and followed it which was good they listened to the fans uh, and then he you know on god has that hell in a cell match with with um it was with the fiend right and and yeah. they you know blundered that and then they remake up for it a couple of weeks later at saudi arabia where they had the fiend actually beat him it uh yeah and then messiah stuff and I, the messiah know. thing is really the dumbest storyline I'll, I'll take i'll take three hours of the hacker storyline rebooted as it were uh bob michael rouse when it was bobby stuck in canada i think bobby sammy i think uh some guys are dealing with travel restrictions or just uh oh uh, bobby rude yeah i don't know if he lives in canada or not I mean, he's canadian I don't, he was, he, I don't know if he lives there though yes i don't know i kind of always thought that he was one of the floridians now yes uh and uh surf surfing uh yeah Roman, look, Roman did not 
work as well as they wanted it to. But Roman, um, his run, I would say everything since since he came back up until COVID was really good. I liked how they were using him. Um, although my favorite thing he ever did was uh, still the feud with uh, Braun. I still think that was the best of Braun and the best of Roman's careers thus far. Yeah, no, that was good stuff. Uh, and yeah, at when he came back after, you know, going into remission and, and yeah, he definitely had, it, it, it felt better. I think the fans also gave him a bit of a, I don't want to say a pass, but I think the fans warmed up to him a little bit. It's almost kind of like that, like they kind of appreciate him a little bit more. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, we don't know when we're going to see him again, you know? RDR Entertainment, $2, saying uh, for our uh, separate chats, we should talk horror films, gameplay, geek ink, talk uh, geek stuff. Uh, I mean, it's all blends with wrestling, and that's why this this last segment tonight impressed me so much, because I think that Bray has brought back that horror element to professional wrestling, and I would argue that he's doing it in a... one of the most inventive and relevant ways possible, which is funny that saying something retro is relevant now, but I think that um, they're just, they're just going more over the top with it than they have in a long time. Well, and the biggest key is you really have to let Bray, the person stay uh, in, in firm control of it. Um, I know for a fact that back in speaking of Seth Rollins back when they had Seth, you know, find the firefly funhouse and just, and just, just attack yes. Bray in it. I know that Bray was not, that was not Bray's, I, that was not Bray's idea. And I know that Bray bucked against the management of this is not how this should be done. And, you know, he, well, he, he lost in that, in that, in that particular argument. Uh, you know, I don't, it's sense in the grand scheme now is made up. It has not, it was not like it, it, it didn't kill the fiend and Bray, you know, that no. we've been able to move past it and kind of forget about it until I just brought it up. Um, but yeah, as long Bray Bray has to stay in control of this because Bray has a vision of what he wants this to be. You know, I mean, the Fiend character, mind you, the remember the Fiend had its first had his first match a year ago at SummerSlam. Yeah. So it's been a year, but they have not oversaturated it. Mm-hmm. And mind you, it's been a year. He's been champion. Uh, he's lost the championship. Um, he's you know like so they've and and part of it's also because it's not always the Fiend. They've managed to give us the uh, different versions of Bray also. So. He, they've done a good job, and I know that Bray has even larger visions for the next year, for the next two years of what this could right. be. So, um, I, I hope they just let him stay very active with this and, and hands on. And we all know Seth couldn't find the Firefly Funhouse because it truly the Firefly Funhouse lives in the hearts of every man, woman, and child. Well, like the way they did it with Cena, the way that the way you know the, the whole how it was all a big mental trip. Right. Like that was good. Like you know that was good that Cena. You know, the way that you know the fact that they so literally just had. Seth Rollins run from off camera into this. I know it was like, yeah, it was, it was like, it wasn't even like twin peaks, like finding the black lodge entrance in the middle of a forest. Like for Christ's sakes, not everything needs to happen backstage. Go out on location more often, drive five minutes away from the venue, find a more interesting place. Joshua Taylor, buck 99 saying they need to go back to the old heel. Seth Rollins. I, I kind of miss authority Rollins. I miss the authority. I think having an authority figure right now would, do wonders for the stories they could tell because without it, it just seems, but it just seems aimless, Justin, there's no through line. I don't know. That's, I feel like we, I feel like we had a, a, a many years stretch where we were like, all right, the authority thing is being overdone. Here's the thing with the authority, the authority angles. If the authority, if the authority on screen is some 
combination of, of Triple H and Stephanie and Vince and Shane. Like that's okay because you know that they are McMahon's and that they truly are the where the buck stops. It the problem is when they try to make me believe and, and make me make it matter that you know. Um, and I'm not trying to pick on her because I really like her. That you know, Vicky Guerrero, you know, she's the general man. You know, like, or whenever they, whenever they just try to, you know, in, you know, or, or even Baron Corbin, Constable Corbin. Like, it, it's like no. If they, they, if they actually let the real people who are in charge, who and who are also very good polarizing on-air figures that play heels really well, when they let them be the authority, it, I buy into it because I'm like, all right, there's, you know, I, I think we've talked about it before, and I think I've talked about it with Nick Housman on Wrestling Daily. If, if they, if the best thing they could do if they want to do anything like that is, especially in this these times. Is to shoot a reality show style. Let us see. Yeah. Yeah, and this, this would especially work when you had Bruce and Heyman with their respective shows. Now that's not the case. But you know, show you know Heyman pitching events. I want th- I want this, and then mm-hmm. Bruce doing this, and and here comes Triple H and, and for Wednesday nights, and just to sh- let it blend with what how things really are, but amp it up. Yeah. Um, but if you I, had if you had the idea that Triple H, uh, you know, had uh, picked Bailey and Sasha, and they're dominating the women's division right now and vince said lacey evans that's what a woman's champion should be and like lacey was vince's was vince's uh girl on screen yeah that would be a very yeah. very good angle yeah yeah and and, and, it, and it yeah it gives that it, there's that endorsement now from vince that, that, that he that mr mcmahon there's an endorsement there that helps the heel uh run in lacey it basically just exploits what every fan at the in 2020 knows happens, which is there's that there's politics, that yeah. there are wrestlers that are favorites of certain people and the wrestlers that aren't. And then sometimes are favorites of this person. I mean, there, and there's conflict. I mean, it, it's just exploiting and just well, like what- they're doing with Naomi and the hashtag, which we'll talk about. But I think this would give it a little extra weight. And I think Lacey then could have a larger role in the women's division that she doesn't need a title, but she's a good heel figure. And I like that they're taking her back to being a heel now. Uh, the babyface thing seemed very half baked, even though her real life story is fantastic, but they never leaned into that. Uh, Ethan Kaufman, $6, saying that was the most interesting ending to the WWE show since Orton attacked Edge. Being Alexa fan, I'm interested to see where this goes. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, so where are we at in the show right now? I was interested Greg Carr saying they should move Rhea over to SmackDown. She should be the one that dethrones, uh, Bailey. Um, there's a lot that they could, uh, there's a lot that they could do right now, but I think Bailey and Sasha, though, are clearly the star. I mean, they're the biggest stars in WWE right now on any of the shows. They're getting the most airtime each week. They're getting some of the longest segments, it seems like they're getting the most free reign. I do not get the sense that anything they're doing is scripted. Um, I mean, they're definitely being used the most. I mean, they're all over the place. I mean, they're, they're, I think there was, there was that week. There was that week when they were on Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. Um, are they the biggest stars? It depends on how you want to measure stars. Like, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that. The, I don't know if they're the two most popular, but I mean, they I, are. They are the most consistently featured right now. I think more people know who Randy Orton is. I think more people tune in to watch Bailey and Sasha right now. Hmm, fair enough. Uh, user Nyla is boring. I disagree with that. Uh, $5 saying adjust in which I would a better pool hall episode. Family matters or fresh Prince. I saw the fresh Prince pool hall episode just the other night. Okay. So, and I, and I just saw the family matters one the other night. Remind me of the fresh Prince one. 
before our uh, Will takes the car. He's not supposed to because Uncle Phil's watching him. Will goes to the pool hall. He gets hustled. He has to like leave the car as collateral. Phil goes down there to try and get it back. Of course, they tell him to piss off. Um, he says, then he'll play for it back. He pretends he knows nothing about pool whatsoever and loses. And then when he says, now let's do it for, you know, $1,000, busts out Lucille, his own pool cue. That's and then right. Takes yeah. Yeah, Lucille. Um, that's good. I, you know, I'm going to lean on my family matters one. I mean, you know, having, you know, having, uh, having, you know, Urkel have to come and save Eddie, and Urkel's on a roll. It's all geometry and angles, glasses, you know, smash, and here comes Carl the cop. You can go to jail. You can let me play. Mother Winslow makes the. I, I don't know. I, there's something. I mean, there's all kinds of layers there. I'm, I'm going to go the family matters one, but I, I forgot about the yeah, Lucille was the, the the pool cue for for Phil. I'm going to go family matters though. We were talking the other night about movies that we stopped watching or walked out of. I tried watching the movie Focus with uh, Margot Robbie. Oh, I love and, that movie. Uh, we got to the we got thirty minutes in, and I was like, I no. feel like I know where this is going, but like we were just kind of bored, so we we turned it off. And you never saw the ending? I know. I've I've heard that it gets darker and better. I might pick it up and, and try and finish it. Yeah, there's a bit of a swerve. Oh, you have to finish that okay. is a, that, that is a tremendous movie. No, tremendous. Well, it really is, and, I, and I'm okay. also big, I'm a big Margot Robbie fan. Uh, what was the last thing you remember seeing? Uh, it was right after they did it, like uh, in, when in New they, Orleans. Super Bowl. Yeah, they were at the Super Bowl. They're that at the, was, yeah, the college. That was well, the point. Yeah. Yeah. So for, at, that, at that point, yeah, there's a bit of a you know, yeah. So obviously they eventually come back. They eventually run into each other again. Yeah, 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 I figured. But then there becomes a bit of a swerve. You, ha- yeah, you gotta, okay. you gotta check it out. We just watched House of Games before that, and I forget what was the other con or heist movie that we watched. It wasn't Things Change? We watched that the next night. Um, yeah, we were just like on a roll of watching like every bank robbery heist and con artist film we hadn't seen. That is my favorite genre. We've talked about this before. You've uh, seen, you've seen the original Point Break, right? if i seen the original point break like i i I own it on vhs i own it on laserdisc i own it on dvd i own it on blu-ray did you know that patrick swayze was taking his own private skydiving lessons early early in the morning before he had to be on set didn't tell the studio of course because the studio would have been pissed um they shot all the skydiving stuff with a stunt Mm -hmm. double and then after he confessed to them they went back and reshot and let him because he he really wanted to be the one that he wanted it to be him that they shot in the skydive and not a stunt. Yeah, dog. that was great. I, and I truly believe if I dropped jumped out of an airplane without a parachute, I could just catch somebody who had yeah. a parachute and I'd be fine. I get so mad when I'm on the when I'm going through the channel guide and I see Point Break and it's that it's damn the remake. Oh, it's same thing with Ghost. I I saw Go, Ghostbusters and it was the damn 2016 one with the the women. No offense to the women, but it's not. I don't. There should be a, there should be a Ghostbusters with an asterisk. There should be a Point Break with an asterisk. So I know. I'll have to find it if uh, you or anyone else wants it. I found from uh, 10 years ago, maybe a little before that, before Patrick Swayze, uh, God rest his soul, got ill. um, There was a script for Point Break Indo that was going to be a sequel that had the return of Bodie, the return of Johnny Utah. Really? uh, Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good script. How? I thought Bodie dies. Well, so you would think. All right. He's so not going to go to New Zealand. There's cliffs on both sides. No, he was in Indonesia. He ended up and he had uh, like there's I don't want to ruin the twists, but uh, it's pretty good. But Wait, no, so, I, the, so there's a script that I can actually read. Yes, I, I'm, I love uh, screenplays and scripts, especially unproduced oh, stuff. Please, uh, like, yeah, please send that to me. Uh, I found, I've got some more of the sequel for uh, Inside Man that they were going to make to bring back Denzel and uh, Clive Owens that didn't uh-huh. get made. 
Um, the, the Inside Man sequel they did make is okay, but it has nothing to do with the original, really. Um, but yeah, like I love unproduced screenplays. And lately what I've been doing is when we watch a movie, um, if it's something I'm like really into, I'll go on to try and find it. Or in some cases, I'll buy it if I need to. Just because I want to see like what scenes didn't make the movie, mm-hmm. like what was changed. My wife laughs at me. I am an IMDb trivia nut. Every yeah. movie I've ever watched, any, any new movie I watch, I, my first thing is I, I do is I deep dive and go in through mm-hmm. IMDb tri- the trivia and I start yeah no i'm i'm with you man uh but yeah screenplays and i find at night that's like a nice way to have a little screen time that uh you know it like helps me wind down to like read that as opposed to watching something before i go to sleep which is good uh savan vavar five dollars saying justin your feelings on when eddie got beat up by the gang that's a that's a good episode uh it's probably second to the most serious you know in those first couple seasons when they were still more reality based you know before urkel starts cloning himself and time machining and everything uh i mean that, that was a pretty uh, the only one that's more intense is the gun episode when uh one of laura's friends gets shot and laura thinks about buying a gun and then they go they do a psa at the very end after the credits where jaleel white speaks normally it's oh, the yeah, first time right. you know this, this is pre stefan so you had not seen jaleel white not speak as steve urkel um the only thing that bothered me uh savan about the whole that whole episode the leader of the gang is 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 chain or whatever and it's the same guy they had be curtis and and a love interest that dated laura throughout and reappeared throughout seasons that always bugged me that they recap a lot of shows the law and order well yeah i know but that just really bugged me that they 21 Jump Street, like uh, Depp's original partner is later like the perpetrator in a crime. Like it's a whole thing. Uh, the Ripper wants to know, did I watch Heat? Of course I've watched Heat and it is probably the best heist movie ever. The, that's that's the, what, De Niro and Pacino? De Niro and Pacino. Yeah. Uh, it's good because it's like four hours long or like three hours long, but still uh, both perspectives. Ripper saying Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves is fantastic because it's actually not a great movie, but it thinks it's a great movie. Like it thinks it's Heat. But it's actually very watchable. It's not perfect, but um, like that. And I gotta say, the town, the town. Uh, oh that, yeah, like, the town. Yeah. And I was pissed that I watched the original cut, not the director's cut first. So I'm just waiting long enough to go back and watch it again when I've kind of forgotten it. How big is the difference? It's like half an hour. Really? Yeah. Like, Including a different ending, I think. No, really. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? If anybody doesn't want to hear the ending of one of the endings of the town, then quickly yeah. mute. Um. All right, so is I'm guessing it's not the director's cut. The ending that I always have watched, which is she reads the note and he's gone off into Florida. I believe that's not the end. I heard, and maybe this was cut. I think this it's either the director's cut ending or it's the ending they didn't shoot. But originally, it was like Affleck is getting away and then gets jumped by the guys they beat up earlier in the film when he and Renner. Oh, uh, uh, the guys he beat up that were antagonizing yeah. the girl yeah. no, that's stupid i don't want to see that anymore. i know well i don't think that's the ending of the director but i think that was the alternate that's like training day there's some multiple endings of training day about uh yeah. like when ethan hawk's character walks home there's an alternate i think it's on the dvd actually there's an alternate ending that the, the three wise men show up and basically say all right now you're gonna be the new alonzo essentially mm. alternate endings are tough uh like the original ending like die hard with a vengeance like was not good like what's yeah the, what's, what's that one so uh simon gets away Go, ends up in Germany and then McLean like tracks him down six months later and plays uh Russian roulette with him with um oh I forget uh it's it's uh like uh a rocket launcher but it's a rocket launcher with the sight taken off of it so yeah like Simon hmm. Gruber ends up like rocket launching himself like yeah it's not very good it's on the DVD really 
Yeah, but they reshot the the ending to the one to give it like a big diehard type ending. Yeah, I like the one they used. You know, the 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 choppers on fire, you PKA MFR. You know, yeah, it wasn't that diehard. Wasn't that also some kind of? Wasn't that script somehow adapted from a Lethal Weapon script? It was, uh, yes, from a book, I believe originally. Um, well, no, let's see. Walter Wager wrote. 58 minutes. So every Die Hard movie was adapted from something that wasn't originally Die Hard. The mm. first one was the sequel to the movie The, the Detective, yes. with Frank Sinatra. Yes, I, uh, I The second that. one was based on a movie uh, book called 58 Minutes by Walter Wager, which was about a guy trying to, his daughter was on a plane. Uh, I don't like the second Die Hard. You know, I liked it more as a kid. The older I get, the more I like Die Hard with a Vengeance. I skip it every time. Yeah. I First one's great. Trap action, great. Third one, I mean, I love Jeremy Irons and just the whole time, the, the playing the game with them. I, I think that's, you know. That's, I'll tell you, uh, so when I was eight years old and I took my IQ test uh, and it was like I had the one-on-one interview, I solved the water bottle problem when I was like eight. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like that, I guess, was a big deal at the time. <laughs> but I remember that. So when I said, I'm like, I know this. I was asked this question when I was eight years old and I figured it out. Three gallon jug and a five gallon jug. The um the fourth diehard actually is not bad with Timmy Ol- Timothy Oliphant. It's not bad. Yeah, um, but they could have stopped at three though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Justin Lopez about focusing. That was it for him too. The Super Bowl, the movie takes a big dip. So aha, counterpoint. No, no, I'm I, I I'm with you. It changes course as but it it brings it back at the end. So there you go. Uh, but uh, yes, as I saw first is saying, have you seen Inside Man yet with Denzel and Clive Owen? I feel like I have because as soon as you said it, I knew like I, Denzel and Clive Owen popped in my head, but I don't remember much about it. So maybe I, I think that is the best bank robbery film of the last probably since Heat. Uh, it's just very, very good. And what, then, about, uh, what, what about the re- what about the Soderbergh remakes of the Oceans films? Ocean mm-hmm. Eleven. Actually, I thought Logan Lucky was. Uh, I enjoyed Logan Lucky more than the Oceans films. Okay. As far as Soderbergh. We still have uh, more SmackDown to talk about, don't we? I know, we do. Uh, Jackson Counts, 49 <laughs> and saying, Glenn and Labar, if you could revamp WWE Creative, how would you do it? Asking for a buddy literally his first time watching the podcast. Um, I, but we kind of talked about this. I mean, you think about Bray Wyatt, and this ties into what we're saying, right? Like, Bray Wyatt's a huge fan of horror movies, has a lot of ideas. When they let him do his thing so far, it seems to be gold. I would really, really, really look to the talent um, and I would start doing it like Saturday Night Live does it. And I would have producers and talent kind of get together and come up with ideas, sit down, pitch them to Bruce, pitch them to Vince. And I would just take the best of that and put that on the air each week, let them go off and shoot it. Let them do it on their own, put it on the air. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just too many there. And I, they have so many hours. WB, they have so many hours of content to produce. But like, there's just so many there, and I, and I've spoke about it before. I'll say it again. Like, you know, my aside from the wrestlers we hear about on interviews, and aside from the ones I've talked to that talk about like how just how difficult of a system it is, and you stand in line to try to just get Vince's ear, and there's so many other people you have to shuffle through. Like, you know, I talked about it before. I, I went through the process of of, of, of interviewing to, for a, a creative job. I was re- reached out to by a recruiter. This was this was. Uh, you know, five six years ago, uh, with WWE, and I got all the way to the final stage of being interviewed with with Ed Koski and Dave Kapoor, who were the head writers at the time. And I remember actually even talking to Cody Rhodes, who was with WWE at the time, and he was you know saying, "Well, what are you going to pitch? Because you know they're going to ask you for a pitch." And I think at the time, I, I they asked me to pitch and make a storyline. I made a pitch with storyline with Rusev. Rusev was like the new hot thing. At, I think it was twenty like late twenty fourteen, early twenty fifteen, huh. and. Um, 
And I, all I can tell you without going, without making the story much longer is after doing that and then just going through all the steps and then realizing like all the different people and pieces there and like how things work and how the communication works. And this is just an interview process. And now I'm like trying to apply this to like what day-to-day life is. Yeah. It's just, there needs to be a middle ground because you can't just not have some writers, some quality control, because I think that's where some of the faults that AEW has at times comes into play. Like AEW is great to let the talent be so, active in what they're doing but you do need some quality control but there is definitely there's some middle ground between the extreme too many cooks in the kitchen the wb is doing versus the just go with it and hit your times that aew is doing there, there's a middle ground and that that's that's the revamp it's and and what sucks is there are some really good creative writers that are at wwe who unfortunately their stuff as the way they see it and pitch it doesn't get to happen that way on tv because it's by the time it's gotten around the table sometimes literally and sometimes metaphorically through you know emails and phone calls and travel it's it's just an unrecognizable idea there are some really talented creative minds that are at wwe but the system is broken it doesn't it's just not that streamlined and um you know nxt works well because nxt is triple h who's very in touch with certain things a good core group of writers and producers some former wrestlers some not and then the talent involved. It, it, it's it, the NXT is the middle ground essentially of of, of AEW yeah. and of Raw and SmackDown. But that's the difference, though, is that uh, Lauren Michaels doesn't rewrite everybody's sketch. You know, you've got a head writer, you've got people that review it, and if it's good enough, it makes it on the air. But you let people go there and do their thing. And I think that when WWE does that, when they get out of talent's way, yes, it shouldn't be like AEW where there's no oversight or editorializing whatsoever. But I think it does. It, they 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 could do a very good balance. Um, let's talk about this tonight. Uh, Big E, the start of a singles run against the Miz. Big E looking uh, dominant in this match, not a squash by any means. Um, actually more competitive than maybe it should have been, but Biggie getting the win with the stretch muffler submission. Um, I want them to bring back the five count, like the original uh, NXT run. No, um, this is good. You know, I was on vacation last week. I was very unplugged. I'll tell you this. I, I didn't watch, I didn't watch anything last week live. I, I went back and caught some clips later after the fact, but I didn't watch any of the, any WWE or AEW last week live. I tried to stay off of social. One thing I couldn't avoid though, was I knew that apparently Big E's getting some kind of a singles run. He's having some kind of a singles match because I couldn't avoid people talking yeah. about that, you know, on the 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 threads and things that I follow uh, for this job. And that got me excited. I was like, all right, well, that's something to look forward to when I get back to doing this. And yeah, man, even with no traditional fans there, even though it's it's just you know it's essentially just plants, it's just other, it's just trainees and such. You felt like I felt it when he won. I felt like in the match when he won, like. I felt that organic momentum, very similar to Kofi's a year and a half ago. Like, you know, I know it's it's hard to timetable things because we're in this pandemic and we're waiting to see when we even get back to having actual fans or anything. But like, I'm predicting the next 12 months, Big E is going to be a world champion. Big E, I mean, he's just, it's there. Everything is there. There, there, there is nothing that Big E can't do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Justin Lopez, $5 saying I used to give my creative wrestler, the stretch muffler, AKA the Brock lock as their finisher. It's a dope move. And I hope Big E keeps it as his finish. Um, I thought he looked great tonight and he's got so much charisma. He's so good on the mic. Um, I even loved him rolling down to the ring. I almost wonder if that's the thing though. I almost wonder because he's not as controlled. You know what I mean? Like drew, you could tell is, uh, he and Vince are very 
same page. It seems very aligned with what Vince wants in a world champion. I do not get that sense from Big E that he's going to, you know, play ball. Uh, I don't know if it's that interpretation, but I, I just think it's strictly. I think Big E just goes out there and does what Big E wants to do. I, I'm not, not to say that he's doing anything wrong or he breaks rules, but I just think he just. Uh, I just think he does what he wants to do. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, there's just nothing the guy can't do, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, not you know, there's nothing the guy can't do, and I don't want to politicize things, but certainly. Oh. You know, with Black Lives Matter and then Biggie's very open wearing, you know, with what he wears his arms. I mean, uh, it, it shouldn't take this. You know, he, he could have been world champion a couple of years ago, but like it, it just adds to if he becomes world champion and they put actual investment behind him, investment that's long overdue as a singles guy. Um, I, I think it is a good move by the company to an you know, I mean, he, he's no matter what the color of his skin is, but he's just freaking entertaining. Just no, he's fantastic. I mean, he is it. absolutely a superstar, but I think look what it took for Kofi to to get that push and get that run like the fans really helped like yeah. the fan response really helped build that and i don't know now in an audienceless era uh with no crowd i don't know if that could happen but maybe maybe social media alone will be uh will work hope so i think biggie uh sky's the limit on this guy and it's long overdue we saw cesaro and shinsuke celebrating backstage uh their tag team championships they were interrupted by lindsay dorado and grand metalik making their second appearance of the night they were kicked out of the championship celebration uh and were taunted as they left we saw Seamus backstage uh so is he done with jeff hardy it made it, sound, it made it sound like it he, he basically he basically conceded as the reason that he lost the bar fight is because you know jeff hardy was in his element he was in his natural habitat <laughs> it was a it was like a handicap oh, yeah. match and so it basically you know kind of just says jeff go on be your you know live your demon filled sin life and i think he said something like you know jeff hardy's no longer my problem which is bad news for everybody else on smackdown because that means you know i'm, I'm coming for you or you're all my or, you know something like that. i love seamus's look he's dressing like sylvester stallone in the movie fist which i'm assuming you've never seen but uh he looks like he's post-depression era maybe around like world war ii working a job loading boxes down at the dock uh I he's he, he he's dressed like one of the guys that um uh leonardo dicaprio uh, won his titanic ticket from in the game yes. of poker yes it's it's but it's, it's actually it's a freaking badass look especially when he takes the suspenders down mm-hmm. like like he means business um mm-hmm. this is good for him i hope they give him something worthwhile beyond this mall for shameless yeah uh, Vince probably likes the look because it reminds him of his childhood because he's that freaking old. <laughs> okay. uh, Vince, have, Vince is a Carolina redneck. I don't think he ever quite dressed like that. Uh, there were docs. There are docs in Carolina. Doc maybe. workers. Maybe. Uh, don't fact check me on this one. Uh, Lacey <laughs> Evans versus Naomi. Uh, I like Lacey's promo at the top of the show. I mean, this match was the intense ma- but short. The match was okay, or not? I mean, it was good, and and Naomi has, as she always does, some great offense. Um, I think the finish was like a Naomi won with like a backslide. It was the fin. I lost yeah. the finish. I was like, eh, but you know. And I would have said this was super intense, except for what followed it with uh, Mandy and Sonia. I would have been like, ooh, like I like when she's yeah. pulling the hair and doing the kick, like uh, with Lacey and Naomi. In fact, probably a mistake to schedule these back to back for that reason because everyone. Like 
thinking about it now is like, I, I'm thinking about Mandy and, and Sonia and that altercation. Like I think having some space between them because this was intense and brutal for Lacey and Naomi. So Naomi picked up a win. Um, I liked Corey saying he was going to start a hashtag that Lacey deserves better. Um, mm. Like this is a good storyline that this was poorly placed on the card tonight. I think it's going to get lost in the shuffle compared to all the women's stuff that happened after. I thought it was all well executed. My question is, what else is there to do with Mandy and Sonya? I mean, I enjoyed the, the hard-hitting stuff we got when they had the first split, um, however many weeks or months ago that was. And I'm guessing that I'm guessing Otis, Mandy, and Sonya all who haven't been around much, I'm, I'm just speculating <laughs> perhaps were, there was a lot of people in SmackDown that tested positive. So maybe I'm speculating they went, that's why maybe, we haven't seen them. Maybe they went and rented a beach house together. Maybe they were riding skidoos. Uh, maybe they were down the street for me in Bethany Beach, Delaware. I don't know. They but um, like, I, I just don't, like, what else is there to do with them? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what where we're well, going. So, I, I, and I love Sony, and I love Manny, and I love like so. Like, it, it looked, it was, it was a great execution. I just don't know what else there is to do. Um, oh, I like Russ five twelve saying Sheamus should be on Raw. I would buy Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre more than Dolph versus Drew McIntyre. I think. Yeah. Yeah, Seamus, uh, Seamus looks credible in that outfit. Like, it, I like it's kind of a nice rebrand uh, for him. But uh, no, so we had Mandy backstage with Otis. I just like Mandy, like, reading off a list of food. Like, that was enjoyable. I just want Mandy to, like, describe my meal to me before I eat it. Well, like, and, she, like, and you know, there was, like, a little bit of sexual innuendo going on. It was, it was good. She had good enunciation. It was, like, an ASMR video. It was very... Uh, just fulfilling just to hear her talk about food you want to fall uh, if you want to fall asleep some asmr oh that'll do it let's listen to mandy talk about um buffet meals uh no i thought that was good with otis but then i liked mandy backstage getting made up after and sonia coming out there sonia like smearing the lipstick on her cutting her hair i, I was even hoping when she had the clippers i was like oh please please tell me they're gonna go this far with it uh to tell the brutality but this was like i'm trying to think what other probably Naomi and Lacey, like this is the start of having more brutality in these women's confrontations. And uh, it's not just not what you're expecting. You know what I mean? I mean, something about the way they're doing it, even with Sonia that like that vitriol and the way she's talking at her, like this is not Nia Jax hitting Becky and breaking her nose with uh, like a mm -hmm. wild punch. Like this is viciousness that we do not normally see in the women's division. It is. And what's nice is that we're seeing in WWE, and NXT, you know, for the longest time, the, the female storylines were just, it's just the female feed was just based around, I want your title. But like now with like, excuse me, with Sonya and Otis and the Mandy thing, it's not about title. You know, there's about an ugliness inside and, 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 and a friendship. It's about real shit, like karaoke contests that we can all <laughs> relate to. Well, like this, that, but like, you know, the character, but like, you know, like, that one, but the, even Lacey yeah. and Naomi, like I like the fact that they found a way to get into having meaningful, committed, consistently booked stories. That it doesn't have to be just about titles. Because like if you look at the men, there's only so many titles, so there has to be other stories based around not just like. So I like that they are ranging away and finding other things for the women to do. They, I mean, the Sonya Mandy one has been probably the best that they've done. 
and they're bringing it back now. And uh, what a way to kickstart it tonight to bring this back with a vengeance before it got broken up by the refs and the backstage talent. I like even, I mean, I don't know if this was intentional, but it did seem almost Simpsons or family guy esque to have the match happen and then take a beat and then pause. Like, and now we're live on the scene. Back, yeah. And then like Mr. Show used to do sketches like that all the time where you'd see it and then you'd see it again from uh, the news perspective. And then Ms. and Morris are making all the, yeah. Hair clipping puns. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Savan Vavar, two dollars saying any chance Nikki is sister Abigail. Um, I have a feeling Alexa is going to be a much more likely stand in. Uh, Nikki Cross's character fits more, you'd think that would that she'd be such, but but yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I, you know, yeah, I mean, Alexa makes it seems like she makes more sense just again, there's because it's like the mine F with Braun. Yeah. Nate Monroe, $2, says, Justin, who are your top WPIAL football teams? So the WPIAL, so for everybody that's not in Western PA, the WPIAL is the, it's the, it's the football league for the high school. It's for, it's, it's the, ah, you, know, got it. you know, it's so like the NFL for, you know, for pros, it's, it's the, it's what governs the, like what, six or seven counties here in Western PA for uh, uh, high school sports. Uh, Nate, I guess he knows this, which is why he's asking. I'm not going to answer that. I, I, again, I'm not from here, so I don't really have a stake in the game. I'm not going to answer that because I'm being the general manager of a high school sports network that covers this league. I'm not going to answer that. Can't pick favorites, man. Yeah, you know, why but, just start uh, betting on games like Pete Rose style? Yeah, I'm not going to answer. But uh, but thank you. Like uh, but and and follow us along. We're hoping to high school football just got delayed in its start time today. Uh, it's going to be delayed until you know couple weeks into september but uh we plan to still have live audio and video streams so for all those people that can't go because there's no spectators allowed right now we will hopefully have live streams for you do people bet on high school football <laughs> i mean no. if the nfl doesn't come back you know no comment <laughs> <laughs> i mean not like team bets not like you know like uh tomfoolery like we're gonna steal your mascot or like toilet paper your school Remember that? I remember like crosstown rivalries when I was in high school. Like all, uh, I, all I will say is I have, I have sat at Buffalo Wild Wings to have <laughs> a beer and to watch my sports, and you know, everybody that knows me really knows I'm not a, I'm I'm an out I'm not from Pittsburgh, so I'm a DC and sports fan. So I'm there watch, and I have heard many a chatter of the of the yokels who just they pay attention to high school sports, and you know, okay, maybe, there you maybe go. they maybe they maybe they maybe they find a wager. We're saying uh, you seen people bet on little league games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Y five dollars saying the most shocking ending in WWE: the Nexus debut, the pipe bomb, Shane buying WCW, Vince's limo blowing up, or Brock's return. I think Shane buying WCW. In kayfabe. No, and I say no to Shane just because if you guys remember, it was March of two thousand one. I don't remember if WWE in their website, I guess it would have been WWF.com. I don't remember if their website did it or if it was a, mm. you know, a site, a site like a wrestling Inc or a Meltzer. I don't remember who put it out there, but it was like, it was out there on Saturday or Sunday. Got it. That W that Vince was buying WCW. Yeah. So that kind of takes the, that away from Shane. Um, yeah. You know what? <sighs> Nexus debut was big, but at the it's again putting in context, it was a bunch of guys who were unknown. I mean, they they, they did a great you know couple of you know, Dana Bryan, Wade Barrett, a couple of them did really good things. Now, 
Punk's pipe bomb's pretty close because it really felt like, holy hell, what's this sure. guy saying? The only thing was, like, they let him talk for too long. So, again, hindsight 2020, you're like, well, Vince is not going to let a live microphone go on for that long. The Vince's limo thing, even though we never got the conclusion to it because Benoit and the, the whole Benoit situation happened just uh, a week or two after, which kiboshed. The Vince's limo thing, we had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think, I think there's a story. Even I think that's a story from. I don't know if it was like Sam Roberts or Opie and Anthony or somebody in New York. I think there's a story of like when that happened, like, like Donald Trump or somebody like yeah, actually, it was real. Somebody yeah thought Vince was dead. stock took a hit. The stock dove. I was I was interning for 106.7 WJFK Radio in DC that year that summer. And I remember like there being like press, like I, I remember like they, it was treated very much as like there was a very weird, blurred, macabre line of like storyline wrestling kayfabe and like the the chairman of the board of this publicly oh. traded company is dead. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's doing things on the biggest level possible. Uh, let's uh, talk about the main event tonight. And I love that this was the main event: Nikki Cross versus Bailey. Nikki getting her rematch for the SmackDown Women's Title. And uh, lengthy match here. I mean, this was good. I think Bailey and Sasha were in top form as always uh, doing their shtick. I think uh, Nikki got a chance to wrestle like a real main event match against Bailey, which was great. Um, but ultimately, uh, Bailey did win and pinned Nikki. But look, I mean, after this, this was really about what happened after the match. So a lot of people were speculating, oh, this is going to be a big thing. We're gonna have uh, you know Alexa and Nikki. Something's gonna happen. Most and, people, most people on social media thought Alexa was gonna turn heel. That's what was thought. yeah. And instead, Alexa looked like a caring friend, and Nikki just kind of shoved her. And I remember thinking, like, that's it. Like, yes, I, that, that, exactly. That's right there. They and they pulled this trick again, and then and NXT originated a trick. NXT did this first. They put the I forget the name. Yeah, of, the, the, I forget, the trademark. Yeah, I'm trying to. There's a we have a, there's a there's a television. Chiron? Well, the bug. Yeah, there's a, there's a name for what the that bag. is. Yeah, nonetheless, they put it up. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's 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 a symbolizer in the final seconds of the show. They you know NXT did it before when when Ciampa turned on Gargano. They put it up, and yeah, you just think, okay, that's the big ending. Is that we're going to see the dissension of Nikki pulling apart from her best friend Alexa, and then yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> lights, sound effects. When the lights went down. My first thought was like. Up, show's over. I guess everyone's going home. Like just yeah. leaving Alex in the ring. Like we got it. We got it out time, everybody. Yeah, th- this is um again. All right, so there's the there's the there's the connection of Alexa and Braun. Then there's the is Alexa going to be the incarnation of a, a, a sister Abigail? Savan brought it up early in the chat. Maybe Nikki started having a freak out moment because she sensed the fiend was coming, and she does have oh, a connection. Yeah. So there's that. There's so many different mythical ways to go this. And then let's just get to what actually happened. The Fiend, long standing. I mean, like really milks it and milks it before he does the mandible call. And like to looking Alexa. at her, and she's looking like and freaked she's, out. Right. But at the same time, though, scared, intrigued. Is she mm-hmm. under his spell? Like I was like, is she is she gonna right. rise up and take his hand? Right. She, she she you know she was a part of the swamp match. So. What rapport does she already have with? Well, the she, fiend? I think she was a vision in the swamp match. I don't think that was really supposed to be her in kayfabe. Maybe, but maybe we find out otherwise. It, it this is this was again. I said this a couple times about things that have happened in this pandemic era. This is up the on top of the list. 
I wish I could hear a natural crowd reaction because WWE does not often do intergender violence, especially yeah. if they do any intergender, it's the woman getting something on them. You know, we've seen Zelina Vega, Hurricane Rana, a guy on the outside of, of, of an Andrade match, or we've seen that. We don't often see anymore a male aggression on a female. So to see and, and and never mind aggression, never mind. It's one thing when it's a a wrestling move, a body slam, a hurricane rana, something very this choreographed. Is filthy glove. This is yeah. This this is this is a this is a um, this is a like an S and M torture kind of put. You know this this is this is dark. So now, now that I think about it, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to go there, but I'm just saying, like, literally penetrating. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is like a, th- th- this this is forceful gagging of a woman. Like, so so yeah, I wish I could hear a crowd because I think the while the the plants that were there as the audience did do a gasp and a whoa at the moment. Could you imagine an arena full of people and the reaction that that would have been when 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 he did that? So um, this is yeah, I mean this this, this ending just skyrocketed this episode you had a, an episode with solid stories solid matches a swerve a certainly a huge big turn in this build to a SummerSlam match we assume with the fiend and braun Strowman. this was this was i i go back to what i started the show off of i cannot believe smackdown and raw are done by the same people yeah i mean it was it was creepy because it was to an so... extent taboo so forbidden so this idea that it was like this is really i thought i, I really thought she was going to take his hand or maybe put his hand over her mouth and like kidnap her something like that and it was just kind of like ooh, the mandible claw like it's weird to think about i mean this gender has nothing to do with it like that's a creepy freaking move anyhow regardless right i mean yeah. but yeah to see this like from a male female interaction seems very not wwe yeah it, it's it was you know, again, it's it's another it's another thing as I try to find positives and there are silver linings. Um, I'm I'm so glad that like for the most part we've been, they've been really good that these closed set tapings have not let spoilers get leaked. Um, and the spoilers that did seem like they were coming out tonight were a complete diversion. Like I was yeah. seeing people say, "Oh, pay attention to Alexa." Yeah. Like watch this, pay extra. Like I thought it was going to be Alexa costing Nikki the right. title. Like this was a great misdirect. Never would have guessed this happened. Never would have guessed the mandible claw. And I want to, and I want to pull the curtain back a little bit for our audience. I'm not. I, I, uh, I want to pull the curtain back a little bit for our audience. Raj, myself to an extent, I'm not digging for it. Uh, Glenn, I know you talked to certain people, um, other other sites and people. I'm not going to name mentioning. I don't want to piss Raj off, but like spoilers and finding things out in these close sets is still happening. Like we, everybody's still able to find some things out because there are enough people that are still having to be involved that it's impossible to, to, to really keep state secrets that tight. I think it is, uh, there should be, there is, there is positive to say to a lot of the wrestling media for not, leaking as much like, what i'm saying is there are there are things that could have been leaked that i i know that certain people have have pulled back on and not done it which i think is commendable because obviously it's very easy to just get some clicks and, and some money off some clicks by revealing here's the whole script here's the whole thing of how it plays out but i know that there's been some like almost respect and reserve that we're in this pandemic we're in this weird situation that WWE is having to be in 
uh, of taping the way they are. And and I think I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy for this weird business that is the pro wrestling media that there has been a little bit of 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 governing of itself that like not everything has been flat out spoiled, which I'm 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 I'm, I'm proud of. I'm glad. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting uh, remembering this now from when Alexa was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. She's a big fan of horror movies. Oh, is she? Yeah, they were talking about um, what was the one? Don't breathe. Was uh, it was around the time that it had come out? Like she was talking about she was okay. a big fan of uh, that one. Wait, is that the one with the girl from Suburgatory and uh, dude in the house and the? Uh, I don't want don't want to spoil it. Uh, don't breathe. Actually, like if you haven't seen it, Don't Breathe is like seriously. No, what one of the best horror films of the last ten years? What's the one with John Krasinski that he directed and acted in where you can't like? Speak no, that too was loud. Uh, a Quiet Place. No, oh, okay, that's it. That was good. It was a little more sci-fi, I think. I mean, it was scary. My my wife has actually had me watch it just recently. I was like, wow, I was actually really hooked into it. Dude, you want to see something? If you watched Hereditary, like you want to see something really just like to like mess you up a little bit like hereditary is like creepy as hell mm. like that was good but don't breathe is uh definitely up there but no but thinking about that now like alexa being a fan of that genre man i hope this isn't a one-off like please let her and bray dance a little bit and don't have braun just save her i don't want to see yeah her tied up and braun makes the save like let's get weird with it and just follow this through to the to, to the natural progression because this could be this could be brilliant if having a true horror movie fan collaborating with Bray on this could really take it to the next level. Yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, Bray's very hands-on. He's got to, I mean, you know, they, they did the Firefly Funhouse segments, the original, original, original ones here in Pittsburgh, Tom Savini, all the great horror guys here in Pittsburgh that were under the George Romero learning tree. I mean, so there's, there's plenty of resources here to make this quality. And, uh, and I agree. Don't make this as cookie cutter as Braun just needs to go and save her from the spell. Um, Let's 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 mind trick this a little bit, and I gotta think that that Bray's on that path. So let's hope that they let him follow that path. The only thing that has me worried about this, and I know this isn't related, and this has been news for a while. I mean, I knew about it a while ago, but it was announced. Alexa Bliss has her podcast launch coming up. Mm. Like, they really need to keep kayfabe separate and let her do her thing here, and not you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I I mean I'm. I don't even want to project or spitball ideas of where this could go, but yes, if this is she's held captive and Braun rescues her and that's the end of it, like I give this a five, yeah. even if it's the best executed possible, but to make this a 10 out of 10, they have to really let her go nuts with this. And if she's a disciple of Bray or uh, not even disciple, she's like the Harley Quinn to his Joker. This mm-hmm. could be fan freaking tastic. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. But yes, this tonight um, was uncomfortable, but intriguing. Very much. I mean, again, this was one of the best SmackDowns in recent time. There was there was literally yeah. something. So, everything was there. But the ending, man, that ending. Uh, I, and it sucks that it was on Friday. That like this on Raw would have really. It'll be interesting to see kind of the, the cycle. You know what I mean? This going on a Friday to then Which, what this does. God, you know, but it was the ending of Raw. People probably would have been tuned out by that point. They probably yeah, would have, they probably would have missed it. They probably would have they would have been hearing about it on social and on YouTube. Uh, Nate Monroe, two dollars saying, "I think they do too many title matches on TV now. I think that that's what they think draws ratings." Uh, yeah, I could, yeah, I agree with that. 
Um, Savan Vavar, $5. Justin, you said it. Does WWE care more about Fox because it's bigger than USA? Well, I mean, the best we know, Fox is paying them more money than what USA is for for Raw. Um, Fox, you know, Fox's deal with SmackDown is more money. I, but that's a weird thing. Is that like, you, I, you, we hate to speak. Uh, we hate. I hate to speak in the context of, well, if Vince is more involved with it. It's going to suck more, because <laughs> here is a guy that basically is what I mean. This, this is a guy who is a genius to a certain extent who got the business to where it's at now. But yeah, it kind of feels like people are being left to their own devices and creativity with SmackDown, and he's micromanaging more with Raw again because Raw is traditionally the flagship. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I don't know what to answer that with. You know, uh, whatever it is, SmackDown is just. And I I do think a large part of it is, if SmackDown had to add a third hour, I think I'd probably be more sour on SmackDown because again, three hours every week is just. It's just not. That's not. That's not supposed to be the case. You, no, two hours. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, let's talk about the ratings quickly before we uh, wrap this up tonight. Yeah, ratings, and then we have one exclusive news for uh, for oh. wrestling. Uh, real quick, uh, AEW beat NXT again. Uh, so AEW's got a couple weeks now going. Um, AEW drew seven hundred and seventy-three thousand viewers. That is down eight and a half percent from the week prior, but still, that seven hundred and seventy-three thousand topped. The 707, 707,000 uh, viewers that NXT got, that actually that number for NXT is up 15%. So AEW went down, NXT went up compared to the previous weeks, but still. Which is shocking. Yeah, it is. Uh, but still, AEW gets to win. Uh, AEW won the 18 to 49 demo. Again, AEW won that 18 to 49 demo, down 6% from their 18 to 49 demo number the week prior. NXT up 6% from the week prior. So NXT made improvements from a week prior. Um, AEW went down in all measurements, but still uh, AEW with the win. I'm going to say, not to, to beat a dead horse, it's because NXT opened with the women. I think that grabbed people and got them watching. I think that opening segment really helped NXT compared to AEW's. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, people can go back and watch our Wednesday post, but let, I'll just sum it up. You know, NXT is a solid just show. You know, it, it's kind of a nice even keel. AEW has some has some lows to me, but it also has some really good highs. They're, they're just AEW is hard for me to take my attention away at sometimes, and I critique AEW pretty hard. And I know I get roasted sometimes by some of the people that watch this podcast that I'm like an AEW hater, but I I'm, I'm openly saying I have a hard time taking my attention away more segments than not from AEW compared to NXT. And I have to watch them live because we do this, we do these podcasts right after. So I'm, I'm, I'm hard on AEW at times, but I'm also nonstop watching them. So, uh, the other bit of news real quick. Uh, this is an exclusive on wrestling Inc. You can go read the full thing, but I'll just give you the quick cliff note. Uh, Matt Cardona, of course, formerly known as Zach Ryder for the last, got uh, almost 15, no, not 15, but at least 12 years uh, in WWE. Uh, Matt Cardona made his debut on AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. Wrestling Inc. has learned, though, it's not a long-term thing right now, no. that he has only, at this point, agreed to a five-appearance deal with AEW. Obviously, the first appearance was this past Wednesday. The next one is going to be next Wednesday when he's in a tag team match as with Cody as his partner up against two of the guys from the Dark Order. So, I mean, that could change. Obviously, they could try to get him to sign something longer between now and the expiration of those five appearances. But 
Uh, right now, he, he's not committed anything longer. That's interesting to me because we're in a pandemic with with the indie wrestling circuit not really being uh, fully alive. What I mean by that is if we were in normal circumstances when they're, when the indie companies across the country and the world are in full force and there's conventions and signings and when guys are out of WWE and they're, and they're on the indies, they get to keep all the money for the merch uh, mm. and intermissions. They get their flights and hotels all paid for, which isn't always the case in WWE. They get to command really good booking numbers, booking payments for per shows because they're coming off of WWE TV. If, if all that was there, I could see Matt Cardona saying, all right, I'm going to go to AEW, reestablish myself on national TV for five weeks because Zack Ryder wasn't on TV a lot these last couple of years. I'm going to reestablish myself, and then I'm going to go work the circuit for a year or two and make all my a la, yeah. carte, a, la, a la carte money. That option's not there. So I'm shocked that Matt Cardona has not signed a long-term deal right off the bat. He still could in the next five weeks. But I'm shocked to hear that. But what Wrestling Inc. has it. Uh, I know that um, Fightful.com has confirmed Wrestling Inc.'s reporting. So it's there. So that's the deal. Matt Cardona is on a five-appearance deal for the moment. Could be a- brilliant. Yeah, Could maybe. be brilliant. I, I, but, I, but, but if the five appearances do, are, happen and then he actually doesn't sign a new deal, that's yeah, that's just shocking to me because there's not a ton of – I mean, you know, he could go do Impact, I guess, but there's not, of other, there's not a lot of other places to go make money right that's now. That's true. Not that he needs the money, but you want to make it while you can make it. Yeah, but do you think AEW, though, at the same time is thinking like, hey, maybe let's do something short term. We got a lot of guys we can't use right now because they can't travel. Like there's uncertainty. Maybe AEW floated this idea. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. And I don't know. But um, we'll see. I mean, yeah, maybe they're going to do a measurement. Maybe they're going to measure his five appearances and see what the numbers do and see yeah. if see if a guy who was Zack Ryder who his last prominent thing was won the Intercontinental title. I was there at WrestleMania. Lost da- it the next night. Was it in Dallas? Yeah, lost okay. it uh, to the Miz the next night. So maybe they're going to see what you know. I know Cody's a big fan of his. He's verb. He's vocally publicly spoken about it. But maybe AEW wants to say, "Hey, is this guy? Mm. Is the Z True Long Island story still a big deal? We'll see. We shall see." On that note, uh, he's at Justin Labar. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll be back here Monday to talk about Raw. Myself, Matt Morgan, Raj Geary, question mark. Until then. Not me. I'm not supposed to be there. Time will tell. Time will tell. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.